welcome to the very first episode of Talk Debbie to Me. My name is Kimberly, otherwise known as Kimberly is Live. And today I have Nick Madonna from PHL Collective to talk with us today. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, Kimberly. Going good. Thank you. Hey, you're so welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Doing great. So my first question, I just want to start off by getting to know you and letting my chat get to know you as well. So when did you create PHL Collective? I officially started the company in uh, 2013. Um, I started it after I left my my job uh, in AAA. So I was working for a, a larger studio before and I, I left that studio and then I started PHL Collective. That's amazing. And so everyone has the story of when you first started gaming. I know Mm -hmm. that when I was little, my family got me my N64 and I became a master in Diddy Kong Racing. So would you tell me in my chat when you first started gaming? Um, Okay, so I'm a little bit older than you, so I kind (laughs) of, I'm I'm the the older generation, but I got a, uh, the very first Game Boy for Christmas, I believe it was maybe 89. And that was it. I got the Game Boy with Tetris and I got Super Mario. And that was the first thing that kind of like really got me into into gaming. So it was all it's uphill or downhill from there. I don't know how you want to put it, but that was it. That was the gateway. I love Super Mario for the SNES, correct? The Super Nintendo? No, no, for the, for the Game Boy. <gasps> for the Game Boy. Oh, okay. No, Super Mario World, I think it was, or yeah, or Land. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Remember, I had a red Game Boy and Pokemon Red was my my game that I played. Almost a little too much, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> I this, think I got in trouble original. with playing it too much. <laughs> oh, like the gray one. Yeah, no, 1989. Oh my no, goodness. No oh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. My cousins had that one. Oh, that's amazing. How cool. Oh, that is okay. This is like a blast from the past. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to know what your vision is for PHL Collective. You started in 2013, correct? Yes. So the the vision for the company was pretty simple from the beginning. It was for me, well, I guess it's twofold, right? It was something for me personally and something that I wanted to kind of put out there in the world with the studio. So the the first thing was for me personally, I worked at a larger studio and we did AAA shooters like constantly. We're just kind of churning them out every year. And for me, I got a little bit sick of that. It wasn't as fun and creative as it was when I first started. So I wanted to get myself more in, like, involved and excited about making games again. So that was a little bit something for me. I wanted this studio to, to help me turn around that feeling that I had where like, I actually hated making games. And like, you know, as someone who makes games and as someone who's lucky enough to make games, like, you never really hear a lot of people say that. And I got to the point where I was like, this is a problem because I love games. I love making games. I love everything about them. I shouldn't feel this way. So I wanted to break myself out of a funk. And then that kind of led to the second, I guess, part of PHL Collective where is we don't really have a genre. We don't really have a specialty. Like we don't make the game the same game over and over again. We've done a lot of games over the course of our, you know, for four years as a, as a business. And we didn't, I you know, didn't want to creatively stifle ourselves by saying like, oh, we only make sports games or we only make, you know, racing games or this, that, the other thing. I think we've maybe touched on like uh, not, not every genre but like most of the genres in the time that we've been in business so we've got to like flex our muscles a little bit and mm-hmm. be a little bit creative and just kind of explore and not be bound to a certain type of game or a certain publisher or a certain kind of like yearly date you know so it's been creatively fulfilling I think for both myself and 
everyone at the studio because they get to kind of do different things all the time and they don't really get, you know, driven into the dirt with, you know, shooter A and all annualized sequels, you know? Oh my gosh. So what advice would you give to aspiring game developers on how to get out of that funk if they ever find themselves in a funk, be it (laughs) creative funk or... (laughs) I think it's... I'm not going to say it's pretty, it's easy, but I think the solution is out there. And I think when you look at a lot of smaller studios and you look at their kind of process and their pipeline, I think you as a game developer could find like a lot of inspiration there. So talking about like game jams or maybe working with some new creative people who you've never worked with in the past, someone to kind of maybe get you to think about things differently or explore a different art style or a different design or a different game or whatever it happens to be. But I think to help you get out of that funk or to help you maybe move past some of those creative roadblocks that you're having is go out there and work with some new people to start creating some new and interesting things that you might not be used to creating. Like, you know, just like with anything, if you put your, if you take yourself outside of your comfort zone, you might explore and find some new and interesting things. That's so true. So do you feel that it is a strength of PHL Collective that you guys have branched out and are not confined to one particular genre? I think so. I think we've become a stronger studio for that because literally each project is a challenge. You know, it's not just a challenge of how do we make this shooter feel better every year? It's a challenge of we've never made, you know, a simulation game. We've never made an XCOM style game. We never, we never made uh, a Katamari style game and it's tackling those challenges, which I think is a little bit more interesting than maybe some of the stuff that I was doing in the past. And so I want to transition to talking about, can you explain to me what the process is for actually creating a game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of standard process and procedure that you would, you know, find in any development studio where it's, you know, coming up with the idea, writing documentation, going into pre-production, production, bug testing, all that stuff. But for us specifically, we do things a little bit more loosely. We do a lot of game jams. We have a lot of kind of in- internal ideas that we work on. And one of the things that we like to do is play test a lot internally. So we all want to be invested in what we're working in or working on, and we all want to enjoy it quite a bit. So it's like taking uh, one of our games, Clusterbuck, for example, um, the, the prototype was built you know, just in a little tiny game jam that we did at PAX East in 2014. And we play tested that game internally, just ourselves, for maybe like two months after that, maybe a little bit more, maybe three months before we actually started building it. We had to all decide as a studio that we were all invested. We all liked where this game could go. And we all agreed that all the design goals that we set forth were what everyone was thinking there. We all, we all wanted to be in agreement on that moving forward because if it's only one person who enjoys it and someone else, you know, hates it, it's you're not going to have the full team invested in it. You're not going to have everyone's, you know, 100% creativity. So we generally kind of work like that. You know, if someone comes up with a good idea, we all hear it out. We go through all the design, you know, we go through the design process and we start prototyping. And if it's fun, awesome. If it's fun the next week, awesome. If it's fun two weeks after that, great. Or we, we may be on to something and we just keep, we keep iterating from there. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, we keep playtesting from there. And if it's good, we iterate and then we start, and then we start building. And then from there, it's just a normal, you know, production pipeline where we start generating documentation, assets, you know, all that stuff until we actually get to release. I know that the timing 
maybe different for each game. Is there a standard time frame that you tend to want to reach for a game or is it just, <laughs> we want to come out with the best product at the right time? I mean, yeah, it, that sounds like marketing talk, but it's, it's, it's true. It's part of the, it's part of the equation, right? It's, you don't want to just spend two months on a game and get it out there just to get it out there, right? Yeah. Just be the first to market because, you know, it might not be a good game. We generally like to spend as much time as we possibly can on the game before putting it out there. Uh, or, you know, we feel that it's at a point where, you know, it's version 1.0 and then iterating from there is, you know, is a, is a good bet. Like we've, we've hit everything that we wanted to put in there without feature creeping and going crazy and just started tinkering from there and yeah. spending another year on it. I will say in, in, in general, I don't think we've ever built anything that was like less than like three months, you know, like yeah. we're, we're pretty quick because we're a small studio. We're, we're pretty, we're pretty agile on how we do things, but the longer we have, just like with any developer, the longer you have to actually, you know, make it and pay attention and fix and tweak is always best. Yeah, really getting down in the trenches of your game and exactly sure. You're playing it till you hate it, yeah. and be, you know, <laughs> picking it apart from there and saying, okay, I hate it because X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah, but you really love it though. You may hate oh, it. Of but... course, yeah. <laughs> I hate in air quotes. Hate it, you yeah. Know, like... <laughs> oh my goodness. So I know that we've touched on overcoming challenges a lot throughout this podcast, and can you touch on some of the challenges that you faced? starting the company? Mm -hmm. well, I will say the biggest challenge uh, was lack of funding um, as as opposed to coming from AAA where we had kind of much larger budgets and, you know, what seemed like in, you know, an endless just kind of supply of development money and marketing money and this, that, and the other thing. So I was used to making games like that. And with this, you know, starting the studio before we were able to really kind of get up and running, you know, I invested everything I had in the company. And that's how we got started. So it was definitely a lot more of a, uh, I would say like in this in the beginning, a financial hardship to kind of get things running and get a proper production pipeline, getting, you know, getting that set up without having the infinite resources that I used to have. But after after that was in place and after, you know, I hired the, the core team of, of six, we kind of, we got moving. We were able to overcome those barriers because everyone was was invested and engaged and they wanted to, you know, make games and make the best games possible. And a lot of those things, they seem like big, huge challenges at the time. But, you know, once you kind of get past them and once you figure out kind of, you know, where your sweet spot is and, and how you and, you know, your team can get things done, it's not really a big deal after that. Definitely. So can you explain to me what you feel the most rewarding experiences are as a game dev? Um, getting yelled at online by people? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> good or bad? No. I'd say the most rewarding part is like getting a game out there and seeing people enjoy it, like actually seeing them enjoy it. Not not online comments or anything, but mm -hmm. you know, we we met at PAX South. We our clusterfuck wasn't it's not out on Switch yet. It's I can watch I, I can't say it. we haven't made the announcement yet. Oh, but okay. yeah. um <laughs> I was gonna let alert. that slip. I almost <laughs> let that slip. But actually putting it in people's hands and seeing everyone go nuts and start yelling at each other and kind of doing everything that we set out or like they were hit everyone who was playing the game was hitting on our design goals right we wanted mm -hmm. to bring back local couch co-op multiplayer we wanted people to talk trash we wanted friends to yell at each other like seeing all of that just come to life in that big kind of bombastic atmosphere which was PAX like that is that's super rewarding for us we know that we've hit on something when we see that and we 
we feel good when we see other people enjoying our hard work and having a good time. So I think that's awesome. I mean, everything else that comes with, you know, making a great game is, is also good, you know, good review scores and sales and things like that. But like actually seeing people enjoy your hard work, like something you've poured like a lot of time and energy and creative juices into, like that's where it's at. That's that's what's the best. The environment that you're envisioning for Clusterpot kind of reminds me of like Super Smash Brothers. So are you wanting friendships to end over this game? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And Absolutely. I think they have. Okay. We've seen we've seen some stuff go down at conventions before. Oh my god. <laughs> More on that later. Um yeah. <laughs> No. Okay, so I know that you you almost slipped, but is are <laughs> is there anything that you can tell me that is coming from PHL Collective down the pipeline? So I can tell you Clusterpuck ninety nine is coming to Nintendo Switch. I can tell you that in the next you'll hear something, a specific date uh, go out into the world this week. And once that date goes out there, you won't have to wait very long to download it from the eShop. So that's Clusterpuck. Um, we also released a, a small local multiplayer or sort of like, I guess almost a uh, mini game multiplayer game on a online platform called Air Console, where you play games in the browser with your phone as the controller. It's called Gravy Train. We released it on Friday of last week. We have a couple other things in the pipeline that we can't speak, talk about right now or that I can't talk about right now, but the future is looking pretty good for us. That's awesome. No, I had a chance, chat, to play Clusterpuck at PAX South, and I loved it. It was absolutely nuts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was so fast-paced in the most beautiful way, and I just I cannot wait for it to come out on the Switch. I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to get it for sure. I awesome. cannot Thank wait you. to play it. Yeah, I'm totally ready to hear that announcement, so I'll keep you posted. Um, Most definitely. We'll, we'll let you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. Thanks. And well, look at you. You just started talking about Clusterpuck, and you started... I would love, <laughs> I would love for you to touch on the other games that PHL Collective has for the Switch and for Steam. Take um, it away. So, yeah. So, so Clusterpuck would be our first game that uh, comes out on, on Switch. I can't say anything more than that about any other games. So that'll be the first thing mm. that comes out on Switch from us. And we're like, we're super excited. Like we actually throughout my entire career, my 15 years in games making, you know, bigger, bigger AAA games, I've never actually released anything on a Nintendo platform, nothing on the Wii or the Wii U or anything like that. So this is my first title on a Nintendo platform. And I'm like so excited about it. I think it's like the greatest thing ever. I It's been like a dream of mine to get on a Nintendo platform. So you can definitely see that excitement and see that drive to do more stuff for Switch. Um, I just can't tell you what though. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, no, absolutely, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, so outside of there, like we've released Cluster Puck's out on Xbox One. It's out on Steam. Um, we have a, a bunch of games out for uh, mobile, for VR. There's some more stuff in the works for, for all those different platforms. But Cluster Puck is the one that hits the most platforms right now. It's actually also on WebGL and, and Android TV. So it's like all over the place. It's crazy. That's amazing. Oh, my yeah. gosh. No, I'm I'm so excited to play that on stream. I, I can't wait to show my chat that game because I had so much fun at nice. PAX. And I hope that they have fun awesome. as well. You have okay. to get some friends over and start yelling at each other. Oh my gosh. And then lose my friendships. What are you, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> what are you encouraging me to do right now? That's what oh the game God. does. The game enables that. 
It's not my fault. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. So going back to becoming a game developer, can you touch on what schooling do you feel is necessary to become mm. a game developer and actually work in a company? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, so I'll take you through my uh, an abridged journey, you know, into, into the game industry. Yeah. After the Game Boy, my parents didn't let me have any more game consoles because they wanted me to focus on, you know, school and sports and stuff like that. And it wasn't until high school. So that's like a huge gap of time, right? Oh, from yeah. the Game Boy to high school. And in high school, I finally was able to get a PlayStation. So I had a PS1 with like Crash Bandicoot yes. and wrestling <laughs> games, NFL Blitz and ever like NFL game day. I had all this awesome stuff. Uh, Jersey Devil, which is like a little known game. I don't know if people even like that. Resident Evil 2, I had everything, right? So once I had that and I really started getting into games again, like that's like when it clicked in my head. Like even though I was in school and I was doing sports and stuff, I was always, I guess, like artistically inclined. So I was doing independent art study. I was doing art classes. I was drawing a lot of comics. I was doing things like that. And art I knew would be my path in the future. I knew I wasn't good enough to play sports professionally, <laughs> not even close, but I knew art would take me places. So once I started getting back into games and, you know, the PlayStation, I started seeing these this 3D graphics and Resident Evil 2 and I was like, oh my God, how are they doing this? I started researching and I started looking it up and I started doing some very basic 3D work on the computer and this is like 98, 99, I guess. So I was using like CAD software to do like 3D renderings of houses and things like that. This is like pre, you know, Maya, Max, like anything sophisticated. Awesome. <laughs> I was drawing in Microsoft Paint, like I was doing digital art in Microsoft Paint. So yeah, this all dates me. I'm, That's I'm amazing. No, no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that, that really got me interested in learning about the process of how do you do 3D art? How do you do digital art? How do you do all this really cool stuff that goes into, you know, these games? So I started researching more and more. And at that point in time, there really weren't many, if really at all, game development programs for, for college students. So this is, you know, I went to, I graduated high school and I was going to college in 2000. And so I decided, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll put that on the back burner. I'll still an interest of mine. I'll find a way to pursue it, but I'm gonna go to school for industrial design. So I was studying industrial design, trying to design products, still using the computer to make art and, and cool stuff that would potentially help people or, you know, um, but games were always there in the back of my head. And eventually one day I saw an advertisement for Full Sail University and they had a, a, ga a game art, like a 3D game art program. And I was like, ooh, what's this? And uh, I did a little bit more research into it and I was like, all right, I think this is what I want to do. And I left uh, Philadelphia University and I went to Full Sail University. And that's where I really started to learn and like study and like hone my craft in, in 3D, modeling environments and architecture and things like that. So yeah, it was like, I mean, that was kind of, I said a bridge, but that was like the long version, no, I guess. But yeah, like it was always art. Like art was always the, the constant. That was always the consistent element in my life. And I just had to, again, because of, I guess, lack of technology or the, you know, the time and the age where I grew up, I had to find other ways where art or I could push my art into that digital space and kind of learn from there. And luckily things came together at a, at a you know, time and place where I was able to do that. So, and it's been, you know, full speed ahead from that point. That's amazing. 
confusing. And, and MS Paint. Oh my goodness. <laughs> MS Paint, yeah. What program are you using now? Times have changed. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, times definitely changed. I don't. Yeah. I don't do art as much as I used to. I made the transition from art into like production and management and like business development. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when I was working for the larger studio. I do chip in every now and again at my studio right now at PHL Collective, but my day to day, if I you know, it's all business and all that, all that related stuff, studio management. But if I do get in there, uh, I still know, how, I still know how to use Photoshop. I'm, I'm still pretty handy yeah. in Photoshop. So if there needs to be any, you know, vector art or things like that, I'm able to, to jump in and help where necessary. Still got the moves. <laughs> I still got the moves. Not so much in 3D anymore. I've like, I'm so rusty. Maya's, I think I start on like Maya 3, maybe Maya 2. Yeah. And now it's, you know, my 2017 or whatever and like oh my gosh <laughs> I, I go in there and i'm like hmm, i can do some basic stuff but i think like yeah i think i forgot how to do mostly everything <laughs> you're just pushing buttons <laughs> like yeah right what yeah. does this do <laughs> give me a little bit of time I'll, I'll i'll build you a house but you know it's gonna take some time i'm not as fast as i used to be <laughs> oh my gosh practice makes perfect you'll get there again <laughs> i'm sure right. right i was practicing something else so yeah right <laughs> i started practicing how to manage a business how to produce games and look at you now oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last question that i have for you to kind of close out our time together is what advice would you give to aspiring game developers out there that's a good question i get that i get asked that a lot and i think I think people always look for that kind of magic answer, like, ooh, what's the professional gonna tell me to do that like no one else knows, right? And honestly, like I don't have that magic answer. And what I tell everyone is not only games, anything, if you want to do it, go do it. Right? Find out a way to make it happen. You have the internet you're lucky enough, or people of this age are lucky enough to have the internet at at, a, at their fingertips. If you don't know something, you can look it up. It's very easy to go to Google and figure that stuff out. So if you're looking for people who also want to try to make games or who are interested in games, there's communities out there, there's meetups, there's all that stuff. It's just a matter of if you want it enough, go out there and do it, go meet those people, start making things. And then from there, you'll start learning and you'll, you'll kind of figure out where to go um, if, it, and if it's actually for you. But the first step is to, you know, without, I guess, Shia LaBuffing it, like just go do it, just get out there, make it happen. Cause I think that's, that's part of the, that's, I guess that's part of making, right. Making your dream come true or just, you know, making a game is you have the drive to actually do it. And then if you do good, you've, you've got over that first hurdle, the next hurdles, you know, they're only going to get harder, but at least you pushed yourself, you know, and you're on your way. You have the dream, you have the drive, go out there and do it. Yeah, heard it here, chat. Thank you so much again, Nick. I really appreciate you making this first episode so great and just such a great experience for me. Awesome. Thank you. I'm honored uh, to be the be very safe. first guest. <laughs> <laughs> the Nor'easter is something else. So please be safe. And I'm praying for your family that they get electricity again. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you again so much. Awesome. Thank you, Kimberly. And thank you to the community. How was that? pretty good, right? I had so much fun. I feel like I had a lot of good questions and I feel like Nick gave us a lot of insight into him and into his games as much as he could. I definitely hope to play Cluster Puck. It was definitely a fun game at PAX South, like I said. And 
I can't wait for that to come out on the Switch. I will be streaming the games of the game developers once I'm able to on Wednesdays. I hope to do more interviews on Mondays and on Thursdays. I hope to edit this video and put it to YouTube to increase my reach. I'm very excited about this new project and my next interview will be in April. And so I'm very excited. It's definitely with another developer that I spoke to at PAX South. Again, I loved PAX South. It was a great experience. I definitely recommend that you go if you have the chance to go. Yeah. So I am so happy. That was so much fun. I can't wait to do my next interview. I am going to sign off so I can meal prep and finish my chores. But again, thank you so much, Nick from PHL Collective for chatting with me tonight. You're in my chat and I will see you guys on Wednesday for Indie Games. See you then. Bye guys. I am Kimberly is live and that was Talk Debbie to me. See you next time.